are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Thursday here on the Steve Day Show podcast on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. It is a Theology Thursday. We will be continuing our Bible study through the book of Colossians. First time we've ever done this on the show. Coming up in just a few moments. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We would love it if you would let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. I mentioned we are powered by CRTV. If you're not yet a CRTV subscriber, use my name as a promo code and go to CRTV.com right now. If you use my name as a promo code, D-E-A-C-E, you'll get a discounted subscription that will give you access to not just our show, but every single show here at CRTV from the great one, Mark Levin, Steven Crowder, uh, us, Phil Robertson, the entire outstanding team here at CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Well, it is a Theology Thursday, gentlemen. We started our Bible study on Colossians last week. And I talked about why I chose this book. Remember the ground, some of the ground rules. You can, you can send us questions and comments now. I'm not going to read them yet. We're not going to get to any of them yet until we finish the study. And then we'll do a podcast or two on lingering questions and things and follow-up points that you guys in the audience want to make. And we'll do that once we get through the entire book. The point of this is we're just laymen who love God's Word. And we want to show that it is accessible to all of you listening right now. So many of you have written us notes in the last couple of years about how our show and the way we approach it has had a positive impact on where you're at spiritually. And those are the greatest thing, greatest compliments you can give us. And it's not even a, there's not even a close second, frankly. So if you want to know how that or, or this worldview infuses what you hear on our show, you're going to hear it in this Bible study. And we want to show you that the Word of God is accessible to you. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. That doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't some difficult things in here uh, to, to understand. I love when Peter says, Paul writes some things that are difficult to understand. <laughs> All right, there are, there are some things that are accessible doesn't mean difficult. It's not difficult. Basic mathematics are accessible. Doesn't mean trigonometry and calculus are not difficult. See what, I, see what I mean by that? The basic fundamentals of what it means to know God and have a relationship with him are absolutely accessible. You don't get any more accessible than a God who takes on human form to live with you for 33 years. That's pretty accessible. That doesn't mean there aren't some more... There, if, there were, if these concepts were all simple, we wouldn't have disagreements. But the fundamentals of the faith are accessible. And that's what we want to help you uh, to draw closer to during this Bible study. So we're going through the book of Colossians. I teased a term last week when we got to the end of last week's episode. And that term is Christology. Now, ology is a Greek word meaning the study of, right? Paul is about to enter is about to introduce a theological concept known as Christology. 
Meaning, who is Christ completely? We, we know he died on the cross for our sins and rose again. We know he's the son of God. What does that fully mean? Let me give you a, a, a plain, plainer example. You know I'm married to a woman named Amy, if you listen to the show. You know I have three kids, Anna, Zoe, Noah. You know I host this show. You know I like sports. You know a lot of things about me, but do you fully know me? Do you know me in full by knowing those things? Do you know a lot about me by knowing those things? Do you know a lot of true things about me by knowing those things, Todd? Yes. Yes. But do you fully know why I am those things? Uh, no. No. Not even close, quite frankly, because there's tons of people who come close to fitting that mm-hmm. rough narrative sure. and are in infinitely different from you. Yes. So... Paul is about to teach us what it means to fully know who Christ is. Not just where he came from and what he did for us, but to fully know who he is so we know why he did those things. Speaking of Christ, Paul says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. By him. By him. Which means who's doing the creating here? Jesus Christ the Lord. Yeah, he is. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. The material world, the spiritual world. So here's what this means to a Christian. In Genesis, where God says, let us make man in our image. Whom is speaking there? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay? That's who's speaking there. Christ is creator. He is God. The image of the invisible God, the physical form of the Trinity. That's what that means. All things, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Everything was done by his glory. Everything, therefore, was done for his glory. Thus, the purpose of human life is what? Why were we created? To give him glory. To give him glory. And so the purpose of human life is to glorify God. Sola de gloria. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things. In the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says to the religious leaders who said, we came from Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, what did he say next? I am. Why did he say that? Where'd the expression I am come from? Where's that come from? It's God's name. Yeah. Moses says in the Old Testament, who should I tell the people sent me? And God says what? Tell them I am sent you. Jesus is saying, I am God. 
You hear people like the read Dan Brown books and stuff say all the time, Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, except for all the times that he did, <laughs> right? which is an awful lot of times, by the way. You're right. He never claimed he was God except for all the times that he did. Okay. But the problem is we have so much biblical illiteracy. The false teachings and heresies in the 17th and 18th century were a lot better than this because the Bible was so much better known that the heretics had to be much better at their job. Today, the Bible is so unknown that the heretics can literally just throw stuff at you like, Jesus never addressed homosexuality. And you go right to the Gospel of Matthew where he talks about, uh, have you not heard? Creator made them male and female. He's never talked about gay marriage. Well, and for this reason, he's quoting Moses. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Not to mention, if, you're a, if you understand the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the God in the Old Testament who says to the Israelites, don't do these immoral things, that gives them the law of Leviticus, in the Christian understanding of the Scriptures, that's Christ. The God of the Old Testament who says to the Israelites, go in to, to Canaan and be my urban renewal program, that's Christ. Now, so today's heretics are really bad at this, but they largely get away with it because our knowledge of the scriptures is so bad that they can even now just directly misquote the Bible in the open and often go uncorrected because we don't know it either. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. The way, the truth, the life, dare I say? Yes. When Jesus says to a predominantly Jewish audience, again in the Gospel of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he is saying to his covenant people, this is why his last words at the cross were, it is accomplished. This is why when he argued with the religious leaders, uh, you know, he said, I didn't come to cancel the law, I came to fulfill the law. He is telling them, I'm the fulfillment of God's revelation to you. I'm I'm." Everything God was pointing toward, was pointing you towards is, in, is here now. Your Psalms, your wisdom, your Pentateuch, your law, I'm the fulfillment of it. Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. That's what he's saying to them. And that's what Paul, a Jew, is writing here. All things hold together, are binded by him together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, being the first person to ever come back from the dead. And that in everything, he might be preeminent. For in him, meaning by, by conquering the last enemy, death, Christ shows he is preeminent. Aaron teased me last week on the podcast that he thought I was going to do Revelation to troll everybody. Well, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus speaking to the Apostle John says, I am the ruler of God's creation. At the end of Matthew, he said, the Great Commission begins with what words? All authority, Jesus says, has been given unto me. Some authority? Well, a little right now and then more when there's like a rapture and after the Antichrist shows up. Well, half of it now is like a down payment, and then the other half after the church uh, is, you know, conquers history. No, 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 no. 
I mean, I'm going to speak, and Todd, I don't care if you speak specifically as a Catholic. If, as long as you can back it up, you know, I've never stopped you from that. I'll speak specifically as a Protestant. If we're sola scriptura or not, Jesus is clear. All authority. All. 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 Aaron, what do you think the word all means? What do you think it means? Uh, very limited amount. <laughs> <laughs> America's millennial. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It means all. Yeah. That's what it means. All authority. And that's what Paul is saying. By conquering the last enemy death, by walking out of that grave, he is preeminent. You want to say something there, Todd? You know who believes that? Catholics. Yeah. Well. Bravo. It's what Christians should believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Should believe that. For in him, all the fullness of God, the fullness of God, that's the Alpha and the Omega. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And this is where God's people say, hallelujah. So you, we sing that song, Handel's Messiah. You hear that chorus at Christmas, right? Why do they keep singing that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Hark, think of a, one of the great Christmas hymns of all time. I think it was written by one of the Wesley brothers. Hark the herald angels sing. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I'm trying to remember the rest of the words because they are right along these lines. Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, goodwill towards yes. men. Peace on earth. What's the next and verse? Mercy, mercy mild. Yeah, we yes. left out the mercy God mild part. Sinners. God and sinners. God and That's the part. Brain fart. Reconcil- now you know we don't edit this. God and sinners reconciled. Well, how were they reconciled? Better yet, by whom were they reconciled? By Christ. He reconciled all things to himself. This is what Jesus meant at the cross when he said, is it accomplished? What is accomplished? I have, I have fulfilled the wrath of God. I have satisfied it on your behalf. It's one of our favorite lines. Look, mother, I have made all things yes. new. It's the, best, it's, the, it's the second best part of Mel Gibson's passion. The best part is when he crushes the head of the serpent. That's for the real Theo nerds out there. All right, when he crushes the head of the serpent under his heel, right out of Genesis 3, that prophecy. That's my favorite. At least that's what I think is the best part. Or maybe when the teardrop comes down oh, from heaven. That, yeah. That'll crush you when that oh, yeah. happens. I got to stop for a second and get my composure because whenever I think of that scene, it breaks me. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When he says to his mother, behold, mother, I make all things new. Yep. And how did he do that? He satisfied the wrath of God on your behalf by his blood at the cross which means he now has all authority to reconcile heaven and earth. Joy to the world, right? That song. If you go through the, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. He has dominion now to make heaven and nature sing. He has satisfied God's wrath. Now you have a fuller picture of who Christ is. Yes, you're right. He's your, he's your Savior. He died on the cross for you. He rose again. All those things are right and true and, and worthy of your worship. But it's not fully what's going on here. Well, this is the why and the how. Yeah. Yes. In other words, he's the only person who could have satisfied the wrath of God. 
because he's God. He's sinless. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, has now he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. He's both sides of the equation here because he's God. On one hand, he's your substitutionary atonement. On the other hand, he's your judge. Imagine being guilty of every crime a judge accuses you of in a court of law. Every single one of them. And it's got you dead to rights. And the judge says, guilty. And then says, I will serve your life, your life sentence for you. We wouldn't do that humanly. <laughs> That's exactly what Jesus did here. You're guilty. Because you're guilty, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to, to change you. I'm going to take your place. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever will believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Why do I use the next verse as our closing comment on every show? Because I just gave you John 3.16. What's John 3.17? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him the world would be saved. God looks at all the terrible things you have said, you have thought, you have done, you will say, you will do, and have and, and will think. And still looks at all of that and looks at you and says, I choose you. If that doesn't freaking blow your mind, I don't know what else. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mentioned yeah, I mentioned uh, last week on our Theology Thursday podcast. My biggest struggle as a Christian when I sin, it's because I I don't remember, or I I don't want to remember, or I willfully reject that I am not a kingdom of this world. I'm not a citizen of this world because I want to enjoy. I want I want to enjoy or react the way this world says is okay. Right. One of the things that blows my mind is that God knew I would do that and did all this anyway. It, it blows my mind. I, I can't even imagine the thoughts I have, the temptations I have to endure every day. If you listening to me now that think, boy, I really think you guys are doing this and it's great and it's and I really appreciate you guys. Oh. <laughs> if if there was a, a microphone or a camera that just downloaded what goes what goes externally or internally for, into or from my brain that I don't act on, you'd probably put me in prison. Here, here. God knows all of those things. Jesus knows all of those things. He died for me anyway. And I think for a lot of us, that makes us so ashamed that we almost kind of return to our old sinful patterns because we just can't believe God truly can forgive these things. 
We just can't believe God would truly just wipe the slate clean. And when we talk about we can't forgive ourselves, what I think that really means is we really don't believe God. We, we really believe we are beyond God's grace. God, God could not forgive us. That's really what I think that means. And this is why pride is the deadliest of the sins. Because when we're wallowing that, I, I can't forgive myself. Mm-hmm. We, we are being inherently prideful. We are still putting me yes. and our love yep. of self. Yes. At the that, center of the equation. If if I understood what you were what you were saying, Todd, that was that's a, a tough lesson to learn. Um, it, it, the same goes for uh, that, a, a false a false sense of humility by Correct. thinking that mm-hmm. well, um, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to make too big of a deal about my issue because uh, Christians in the Middle East are getting blow, blown up. Well, you know that's true. Uh, but that's also a false sense of humility. God has given you, has put on your plate what he has put on your plate. Mm-hmm. So deal with it. Don't. That's a false sense of humility to ignore your own issues by saying somebody else has got issues bigger than mine. Yes. See, we, we think we, the pride that's easy to spot is I'm better than everybody yes. else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the pride that's not so easy to is the I'm so woke, you know, that... Um, I need to keep showing you how aware and woke I am of other suffering so that you will then recognize I have arrived in my knowledge of, 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 of the world. Even when his people have been judged in the past, God still said to the Israelites, I get married. Yeah, you're, you're, you're prisoners, you're slaves. In the meantime, have children. Live life. So this idea that there's a standard that we need to show God that we can meet a standard we artificially create is another way of rejecting God's standard. Correct. Taking away or adding to God's standard is arrogance. Either one. It's prideful to use Todd's term, either one. And I love this term in scripture, uh, reconciled. Mm -hmm. That means not some of the things. That means all of the things must, must ultimately come to terms Mm -hmm. with the Lord of heaven and earth. Yes. Every knee will bow, yes. every tongue will confess. The great Reformed theologian Abraham Kuyper, there is not a square foot of this of his creation over which Christ does not claim mine. That's kind of what you're saying yes. in a way. Um, some of your translations may use terms like redemption more often than reconciliation. That word, what does it mean to redeem? Well, you, when you use a coupon, redeem this at your local grocer. I think a lot of us go there and think, well, they just took this off the price and gave it to us for less. No, they didn't. The manufacturer, another way of saying, the creator, purchased that portion of the price on your behalf that you don't have to pay. That's what it means. Atoned. Yes. Yep. And just as in, 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 the, in the coupon example, the manufacturer is the one you pay the debt you owe, but then also pays the debt on your behalf that you also owe, he's on both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. That's what Paul's describing here. 
You owe a debt to Christ, to God, for your sins. He will judge you for them. The good news is, if you recognize that he will judge you for them, truly, then he will gladly and already has atoned for them at the exact same time. For further reading on this, this is what C.S. Lewis does excellently when he talks about the perfect penitent. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I'm 15 years into this. It'll be 15 years on September 18th. I'm 15 years into this walk, and what I just explained to you guys, I, I struggle to wrap my mind around. You always will. And I just, who, are, who am I that you would be mindful of me, as David says in the Psalms? I, I just am, uh, it's mind-boggling. God would do this for me. That's not confusion, though. That's clarity. That's yeah. where you need to yes. live regularly. That's a good point. That's yep. a good point. Because that notion comes from the recognition of how broken I am, yeah. right? Yeah. You remember in those moments that you are a sinner. It's yeah. so important. The Christianity these days has been turned into something that fundamentally does not believe in sin. That's insane. Nobody on this earth, and I'm talking about the guy who got buck naked in the middle of the uh, Planet Fitness store. <laughs> that, nobody is more insane than the Christian who does not believe in sin. That is utter nonsense and blasphemy mm. uh, it, go ahead Aaron well on kind of the same token along of on the long along the lines of what we've been talking about over the last few minutes I would submit I kind of submitted a definition for joy I think it was last episode here's a definition for true humility true humility is a right view of one's self in light of who you are and what Christ has done for you. Yep. Well said. Well, this is, that's been said in many ways in movie. Uh, I know you say it. I know two things. Uh, there is a God and I am not him. Mm -hmm. That's what Aaron is talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also recognizing as well um, that w the other piece of that, the other, the next part of that is also recognizing what, what, uh, as I said, what Christ has done for you because recognizing that you're not God is not all of the equation. The, the other part of that equation is that, well, if I'm not God, then I certainly need a savior. Mm -hmm. that, sure. That's, that's Yeah. And, this, keep and, going. and that's the context. What, we use the term worldview a lot. If you're new to our show, this is the basis of it. The, your worldview is how you see the world and your place in it. That's what Todd and Aaron have been talking about for the last few minutes. Why is the world the way that it is? Why am I the way that I am? And what can be done about it? Those are the three questions Christianity comes to answer to the world. Those three questions. Why is the world the way that it is? And Paul has already answered all three of these questions. He'll finish his answer here when he says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, if you persevere, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So those three questions, Christianity, Jesus says to Pontius Pilate, for this reason I came into this world to testify to the truth. The three main questions of life. Why is the world the way that it is? Why am I the way that I am and what can be done about it? Jesus came to answer definitively those questions. 
The world is the way that it is because we're sinners and we broke it. As my buddy Todd Friel likes to say, our brains are busted. We keep breaking each other and breaking the creation every time we touch it. That's why the world is the way that it is. Why are we the way that we are? Because we are sinners. We are fallen. The conversation we had on the podcast last week, we talked about Urban Meyer, it's never the crime but the cover-up. And we've been doing the cover-up ever since Adam first sinned. And what was the next thing that he did? Cover-up, right? We've been doing that ever since. So we broke the world. We broke ourselves. We were given dominion over this world by God that we broke and we're broken. So a, a, a broken thing can't fix a broken thing. What do you, what's brokenness plus brokenness in a math equation? What's that equal? What's brokenness times brokenness? Uh, more brokenness. Brokenness, yeah, because one times one is what? One, zero times zero is zero. So brokenness times brokenness is brokenness. If you want to try addition, brokenness plus brokenness is what Todd said. That would just be even more brokenness than we already had. So those who broke the thing because they themselves are broken cannot fix the thing that they have already broke. Bring in an expert to do that. Yes. So then what can be done about it? That's what Paul just described here. Because of who Christ fully is, God in human form. Because he has all power, all dominion over the material and spiritual world, the world seen and unseen. Because he literally is the thread that holds all of the universe together. Because he is the righteous judge who had no sin in him. He's the only one that could pay the penalty on our behalf to fix what's broken in us. And that's the answer that Christianity provides for those three questions. All right, we've done a lot just on Christology for this podcast. So for now, let's stop there. Final thoughts, Todd and Aaron, go ahead. Well, I um, my thought is that this is a success, and I hope that um, more than any show we do, Steve talks about broadcasting, so it, we're three guys in a room, we're talking mm-hmm. to all of you, and there is a undeniable, and Aaron's been nailing it uh, in his intros, a theatrical aspect to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, at its core, though, it is it is worldview. It is who we are. Um, so the theater is only supposed to add on to that. There, uh, this, there's there's just not an ounce of theater to any of this. But I think it's the best work we could possibly give you collectively it is hopefully our uh best selves because it's our most humble selves um i hope you're hearing in us something that is um a life uh that is uh lived with purpose and dignity and truth uh and beauty because quite frankly the two times we've done this now that that's what i'm feeling the the the, it's just it is us living our lives um, in the best way we know how. Matthew twenty-eight. We are doing it right now, and um, I hope I hope that's what you're getting from this. I hope you're not getting a lecture uh, or anything along those lines. I hope you are getting 
fellowship in the truest sense of the word. Aaron? It's well said, Todd. Uh, and I would, I would add just kind of a, a general, I, I mentioned briefly at the outset of this Bible study is that I, I had worked on, on memorizing Colossians. Uh, and the reason being is because later on in Colossians, it says, set your mind on things above, not on things of this, of this world. And one of the ways that we do that is through um, scripture memory, or at least being in the word. But I think scripture memory is, is a good way to just get God's word implanted on your mind. And I would encourage you, if you, know, if you can, I've found that Colossians is, um, I wouldn't say easy memorize, but it's really good because of what we've talked about today. If you want to th- set your mind on things above, if you want your mind to be on Christ all of the time, what better way than to memorize some Christology straight from um, the Word of of God? And so, if you're looking, if I don't know, it's just kind of a one-off suggestion. If you want to learn or want to know or need suggestions on how to better set your mind on things above, I think memorizing this book is a, is a great way to go. It's four and it's four chapters. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the that's the that's the good part. So, and that's well said by both of you. Can I just add one last quick thought? I think we just showed our audience why we've been telling them for years: without revival, we're doomed. Because just as on a macro sense, a broken world cannot be fixed by the broken human spirit that broke the world. Well, on a on a more home front basis. We can't fix this on our own. A political party can't fix it. Not the ones we have. That's now, for now that sure. doesn't mean they that doesn't mean they can't keep their word more often, and they're sure. not accountable for that. But you know, at best, they can hold back the line. They 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 can stop the spread of a disease. They can't cure it. We're the disease. We're the problem. And so, unless we see spiritual revival that changes who we are. From the people we current, from the people we were, we're going to keep getting more of what we already got. Period, and that's why we can't do this on our own, and that's why we've made that such a core focus of our show for the last few years. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us again uh, here to take part in our little Bible study today. Let us know what you think about what we think. Remember, if you send me something, though, with a question or a comment, it's going right in my Colossians folder until after we're done with the series. Steve at stevedace.com. If you have a moment, please click subscribe or leave us a review uh, at iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to all of you that have done that already. Until tomorrow, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.